Hey there, educator. If you are tired of working more than you actually live, if you want to leave school on time and feel better about it, then I have the perfect resource for you. It's my latest book. It is now available on Amazon. It comes for a limited time at a crazy introductory price and with a free workbook to help you get the most out of it. It is called Beat Teacher Burnout with Better Boundaries, The Secret to Thriving in Teaching Without Sacrificing Your Personal Life. Isn't that what we all want? It's not just for teachers, anybody in education. And the secret here is it's going to help you set boundaries in every area of your life, not just teaching. It comes with a proven framework. It comes with sample scripts, everything. Did I mention it has an amazing workbook that comes with it for free right now? So go over to Amazon. You can either put in the name of the book, which is again, Beat Teacher Burnout with Better Boundaries, or you could put in my name, Grace Stevens, and that's Stevens with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N-S. Although I should tell you, there's another author on there with the same name who is all about the cupcakes. So that's not me. I am not a baker. She seems lovely. I get her email and um, all the time. But anyway, <laughs> go check out the book. Tell your friends about it. It's the best thing you're going to do for yourself today. Beat teacher burnout with better boundaries. All right. See you on the inside. This week's episode is a follow-up from last week where I fangirled all over the granddaddy of all personal development work, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I promised I would do a deeper dive into one of those habits, the first one, which is a paradigm shift. So stay with me because in this episode, I'm going to tell you the one paradigm shift that you could make that would change everything for you. And I'm not just hyping that up. It's the truth. So follow along. Let's do this. Welcome to the Balance Your Teacher Life podcast, where we talk all things avoiding educator burnout, setting healthy boundaries, and achieving better work-life balance. If you're passionate about education, but tired of it consuming your whole life, you have found your home in the podcast universe. I'm your host, Grace Stevens, and let's get going with today's show. Stephen Covey says, we see the world not as it is, but as we are, or as we're conditioned to see it. Wow. So let's think about that for a minute. This really talks the idea of a paradigm shift. So what is a paradigm shift? A paradigm shift is simply, it's fancy words, for when you have a complete change on how you see or view something, even though that thing hasn't changed. Or let's put it this way, how two people can look at the same object, person, incident, occurrence, and have two very different opinions and experiences of it, right? So that's basically what a paradigm shift is. Have you ever seen um, an optical illusion? You can Google them, but the very famous one, in fact, it is inside um, 
Dr. Covey's book is it is of an old lady. It's a picture of an old lady. It's a sketch, a black and white sketch, and it's an old lady. And you look at it and you're like, huh, yeah, it's an old lady and she has a scarf over her head. Or is it? Because then somebody will say to you, you'll say, what's that picture of? And they'll say, oh, it's a beautiful young lady. A beautiful young lady. What they see is a beautiful young lady, which is also embedded in the picture. You have to be looking at it at a different perspective. Mind blown, right? So you can go, it's a very famous one. You know, I saw it in, in the book, but, you know, you got to remember, I read this book um, almost 30 years ago. It's before we had the internet and memes and all these things. In fact, um, I have seen that quote of Dr. Covey's uh, as a meme many times. We see the world not as it is, but as we are. And I've never seen it attributed to him. And it's only when I actually just opened the book um, and saw it, you know, it was highlighted that I'd highlighted it so long ago. Um, you know, I was that student. I got to say, highlighting wasn't really helpful for me because I highlight more than half the text. Did you ever know that student? It was me. Not, not ashamed to say it. It was me. Um, I think everything's important. I don't want to miss it. Anyway, so paradigm shift. Let's get to it. Um, first, I'm going to give you the example for the book. And then I think that will really help solidify in your mind um, what a paradigm shift is. And then, as I promised, I'm going to talk about some that we can have around education and the one that will serve us really, really well. So in the book, and I remember this, I didn't have to go look it up. That's what an impression it made on me. Something I heard one time or read one time 30 years ago is still with me. So in this example of a paradigm shift that Dr. Covey gives, he is, he was on the subway and it was a Sunday morning. Now, remember 30 years ago, listen around youngins, when we were on the subway or the bus or the train, public transportation, you know, we didn't have devices. We weren't listening to music. We didn't have, well, maybe some of us had, you know, a Walkman. You can go, you know, look on Wikipedia what that was. But very few people. Most people would be dozing, their eyes closed or reading a paper or reading a book. That's usually what was happening. So public transportation was usually a pretty quiet place. Well, it was a sunny morning and Dr. Covey was on this uh, train on the subway and in comes a man and I can't remember if it was two or three children, but regardless, the whole atmosphere in the subway carriage changes. The man sits down and he has his eyes closed and he's just kind of gently rocking, but his eyes are closed and he's paying absolutely no attention to his children who are causing mayhem, running up and down like... Um, hitting people's papers, like clearly, like really out of control, inappropriate behavior. And what struck Dr. Covey and other people who were visibly getting irritated was this parent was doing nothing about it, right? You know, especially, come on, think about us. We're teachers. We're very comfortable telling other people's children what to do, right? So these kids are running around doing all this and this gentleman is literally doing nothing. So after um, a while, Dr. Covey says, oh, he thinks he had been so patient. He quietly says to the man, excuse me, your children are disturbing everybody. Do you think maybe you could do something about that? And the man says, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't notice. We just came from the hospital. My wife, their mother died an hour ago. And I guess I don't really know how to react and neither do they. So 
I mean, you can just imagine, right, what a complete change of attitude towards this situation. It's the same situation it had been 30, year, 30 seconds ago, but now Dr. Covey's complete um, attitude towards it had changed and because he had new information or just a paradigm shift, a new way of looking at it from somebody else's experience, right? So that's basically a paradigm shift. So let's tie that to education. So if you want to think about students and teaching, I'm going to say in the last 10 years, there has been a huge paradigm shift. And maybe if you have not spent more than 10 years in education, you just take it for granted. But those of us who've been here a long time, (laughs) or even if you can look back and think of yourself going to school, you will appreciate what a huge paradigm shift has occurred with growth mindset. Right. The idea that intelligence isn't fixed, that um, making mistakes is a pathway to learning and a part of learning like that whole paradigm shift. The idea of how we look at students and their abilities and how students look at themselves and their intelligence and their um, abilities, their skill sets and look at making mistakes as an opportunity to grow, not as something to be embarrassed, ashamed about, or just to shut down and avoid wanting to learn, period, right? So growth mindset at the beginning, um, I'm. it was not as well embraced as it is now, but that has been just like a huge, a huge, um, a huge paradigm shift in education. I'm so thrilled for that. Okay, but I'm going to talk about a different one. That was not the big secret one. Everybody knows about growth mindset. Let me tell you the paradigm shift that I have made or that I keep working on. (laughs) A mindset shift, an attitude, um, a belief that uh, I repeat and repeat and repeat to myself um, to try and override that automatic conditioning that I've had my whole life to the contrary. And this is the big paradigm shift. If you can make this paradigm shift, and I will give you specific examples how that can help you out, but if you can make this one, everything about your relationships will change, your frustration level will change, and as you can imagine, if your frustration level and your relationships change, your life changes, not just inside the classroom, but outside. So here it is, the biggest paradigm shift that people can make is assume the best intentions. That sounds so easy. Well, actually it doesn't. It sounds simple. (laughs) Let's not confuse simple and easy. It is simple. Assume the best intentions of other people. Assume. Give them grace is what I usually say. Assume that people are doing the best they can with the skills they have in the position they find themselves in. Now, clearly, lots of people are lacking skills. Um, And I'm not talking academic skills. I'm talking interpersonal skills, you know, um, just uh, emotional intelligence. A lot of people are doing the best they can, even if what in our mind it isn't good enough. Step it up, people. Um, Extending grace to them and having this mindset shift, this paradigm shift, looking at the situation from the point of view of they're just doing the best they can, 
it will really relieve stress out of your life and out of your relationships. So let me give you a couple of examples of paradigm shifts that I've had um, so that you can see where this comes into play. So let's roll back the clock. The first one I'm going to think about is a student. Oh my gosh, see how these students stay with you? Because this was, I can tell you the year it was 2002. Wow, that's a long time ago, right? 2002, I was teaching first grade. And you got to remember that first grade back then, five and six-year-olds, I mean, this was before like the internet, people. (laughs) Kids were not on devices, right? They, sure, they watched television, okay? That was what we all said. Oh, I remember, you know, my dad never once referred to the television without calling it the idiot box, right? We thought, he thought that television was going to ruin everything. Well, now we wish we could go back to that simpler time, right, where we could control the channels. Kids are on these devices all the time. So anyway, it was a simpler time, right? Five and six-year-olds seemed a lot more innocent than they are now. Unless they had older siblings, they were just not exposed to things that were not um, really childlike for the most part, right? So, you know, the girls were, you know, still wearing like Disney clothes and it it was cute. They were sweet. So um, a new student starts. I had no notice that he was starting. He just showed up. Okay, quick. You know, you do the hustle. You could all find him a desk and get him a name tag and all the things. And, um, you know, me worried about he didn't, you know, have the right books or whatever, you know, I should have other things on my mind because by first recess, which basically we had been in school an hour and 30 minutes, um, I get a call from the office. He's been on the yard a few minutes. We're going to call him Johnny. It wasn't his name, but you know, we'll just go generic. So (laughs) there's a call that I need to come to the office because Johnny covered if you have if if there are little tinies listening in the car cover your ears friends because little johnny little i think he was six he was a little on the older side for first grade uh little johnny had called a sweet innocent little girl in my room a fucking bitch on the yard so you know that's not first grade words excuse my language um but that's what he'd called her. So I get called to the office um, and the principal is already busy laying into him. Now, you got to remember, again, we're dialing back the clock to 2002 and uh, we were not having conversations really back then about restorative practice, um, reflection sheets, all the things. So the admin, you know, <laughs> was straight into the punishment phase and laying into him. We don't use those words. And here's what your punishment's going to be. And, you know, you just got here. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like all the things that like, wow, yeah, we shouldn't be doing. So I ran quick. I passed the uh, secretary's desk and he was so brand new. He actually had his cumulative folder, his cum sitting on her desk. And I picked it up. And I thought I'd picked up the wrong folder because let me tell you, in first grade, usually, you know, that cum is three pieces of paper thick. It's got a health record. It's got an enrollment record, maybe a report card from kindergarten. OK, it's a super thin document like this cum file folder. Well, I picked up Johnny's. Let's say this thing was an inch thick, an inch thick. It was filled with pink paper which you may not know, but pink paper was usually the office referral as behavior slip. So obviously this kid had, you know, already 
um, by first grade, already had quite the track record. And I'm glad I hadn't seen that folder um, before he arrived in my classroom. I hate it when, you know, you make judgments on kids before they get there. But anyway, something in my head was like, you know, there's something very wrong here. And so I just asked him instead of, you know, I was really upset for this little girl who was upset, but I just said to him, Johnny, where do you hear those things? Why would you say that? And he said, that's what my dad calls all girls, right? <laughs> now, I should have mentioned um, his sister also started school that day. She's a little older. can't remember if she was in maybe third grade, I think. But I said, including your sister? And he was like, oh, yeah. So now, you know, we got a whole new, we got a paradigm shift. Instead of being so mad at this kid, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm so mad at this dad, like, what on earth is going on here? And really having an, a, a complete attitude change towards his child. Like, he needs some caring, some gentleness. He needs to see positive role models of of men being respectful of of all the things right and of course like let's get the school counselor involved um i have to say that that family's tenure at our school was very short um for other reasons than the playground incident um uh child protective services had got called and um anyway that was one of the first times i had got involved in that type of uh, thing and it sticks with you, right? It really stays with you. Anyway, so there's an example of a paradigm shift with a student. It's extreme, but think, think about that student who is acting out inside your room, day in, day out, can really get on your nerves. And I remember one time I heard um, somebody talking about, it was a spiritual principle, and they said that thing that you keep coming up against or that person that you keep coming up against that you can't seem to um, reconcile with, are they less of a wall and more of a mirror? Right? So I know that might seem a little deep for your commute or your walk or whatever you're doing right now as you listen to my voice, but is that a mirror, not a wall? So what does that really mean? Like, is that behavior that is driving you up the wall is the reason because it is triggering you some way on something you haven't resolved for yourself. So that's a really, you know, deep concept to think about. But I've had many paradigm shifts with that, right? That a child has just been acting out, crying for attention, is anxious, all the things, whatever. And I've really had to ask myself, is the reason I find this behavior so annoying because it is something that I haven't quite reconciled for myself. So there you would have a paradigm shift with a student. Okay, so let's uh, carry on to a parent. Today is story time, right? So this parent, okay, it is the third child of this parent, um, this mother that I have in my class. And it's the third child and it's the third custody arrangement. So basically this mother had um, had three children with three different dads. And I do not want to seem like I'm judging on that. Um, what I was judging on was how she handled it. Very, very um, unhealthy um, kids caught in the middle, um, very um, litigious. Very, it was just really 
tough on the kids. None of those custody arrangements were going smoothly. Everybody had different rules. If it was dad's night, you couldn't take the backpack home because we didn't trust dad with the backpack. You know, it, it was just, there was just a lot of drama and um, a lot of blame shifting onto the, um, to the other parent. Um, we had in this one week where it all was culminating was we were having a field trip. Um, the mom had volunteered to go on the field trip. That's great. Well, another mom had volunteered to go on a field trip. She was the girlfriend of the dad who was the father of this other student, right? But he had another child in that class. And so this particular mother was, she didn't, under no circumstances, can that girlfriend come on the field trip? Like, what control do I have of that? Like, I can't choose you over her. Like, just all kinds of dilemmas I should not be having. And then also later that week, we had had a winter program, How Sweet Children, singing about love and joy. And it was the handoff night. And the winter program went from five to six. And handoff time was 5.45, apparently, and because that didn't happen, because the child was on stage, um, the parent called the sheriff. So that was more drama than we needed, right? So anyway, all that's the background of me, like, at my wit's end with this parent. And yes, I was judging on her. Like, what the heck? And yes, because it was annoying to me, but more so because it was very traumatizing for these students. Anyway, I guess I must have been complaining about her. And um, it was to a um, another teacher who had been at the school a very long time and who was three grades ahead of me. She taught fourth grade. I had taught, I was teaching first. And I was going on and on about this mom. And then the teacher surprised me and she said, huh, I remember when she was in fourth grade. She had such beautiful cursive handwriting. And I about stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, oh my gosh, she was a kid once. I've had so many, so many students over the years and we always do some version of, uh, you know, oh, my dream for my life is this or something I want to achieve in my life is this or when I want to grow up, I want to be. And not once has a kid ever said, yeah, I want to grow up and have three baby daddies or I want to grow up and have uh, problems with drug and alcohol so my children are taken away from me because that has also happened many, many times uh, with my students, right? It just, to remember them as kids with hopes and dreams of their own has been a complete paradigm shift for me and really helped me give them grace, right? Give them the benefit of the doubt, assume the best intentions, right? Assume that people are doing the best they can with the skills they have in the situation they find themselves in. With parents especially, I always say, we, you know, there's a lot of parents <laughs> that we work with that, you know, we would not hang out with if we had a choice, that co-workers too, right? But it's particularly with parents, we don't have to have anything in common with them to do a good job. The only thing we need to have in common is that we want the best for their child. We want the best for their child. We've got to assume they want the best for their child. Now, of course, there can be a lot of um, disagreement on how that should happen and what that looks like, right? I get that. But to have that paradigm shift that they're doing the best they can with the skills they have, maybe, you know, they're still dealing with 
childhood trauma. And let's be honest, when we find parents who are really negative and bitter and kind of seem to attack us for no reason, we got to take ourselves and our emotions out of that equation, not take it personally and realize that there may very well be many, many adults walking around right now with children of their own for whom their educational experience as a child was not good at all right? They were traumatized in school, whatever that looked like, bullied, um, um, just, you, you know, all the things, right? And so if a parent is carrying that around with them, they're hypervigilant about their child. They really want to stick up for their child. We've got to like, like, I'm always happy when I see a parent advocating for their child, even though that makes them a pain in their neck for me sometimes. Like, yeah, advocate for your child. Children need advocating for. Okay, so there's the paradigm shift. Imagine your co-workers, right? If a co-worker is really seeming unreasonable, unhelpful, difficult to work with, you know, there are strategies for dealing with that. Set the boundaries, Lots of episodes about that. Do all the things, but at the same time, have that basic paradigm shift. Huh, I wonder what's going on with them, right? Like assume the best intentions. It helps you not to take things so personally. So anyway, all right, that's it. That's paradigm shifts. That's my little talk about that. I really hope you consider trying to just remember there's a different way of looking at this right? There's a different way of looking at this. We know this. Listen, you can, one day you're driving along, somebody cuts you off in traffic and you are enraged, right? You're just enraged, right? The next day, like you're living your best life, you're chilling to some tunes, you know, you've had your cappuccino, you're all good, blood sugar's stable. Same person does the same thing. You shrug your shoulders and you're like, dang, Hope he gets where he's going safely, right? It was the same exact incident, but how you showed up, <laughs> how you reacted to it was different, right? So just try and keep that in mind. Okay, I appreciate you so much. I hope you found this helpful. And next episode, we're going to dive into a completely different book. Trust me, this whole, you know, this whole podcast is not going to be about books. <laughs> it's about to balance your life. But if you listen to the previous episode, you know that I preface this with these are some of the most transformational books that will change your teaching and plot twist. They're not about teaching, right? So um, looking forward to that. In the meantime, be well. Okay, teacher friend, I have something special for you. It is a free copy of my best-selling Positive Mindset Habit Journal for teachers. This is a six-week version of the Best Love Journal. It is a PDF download. It helps you practice flexing your happy muscle with scientifically validated little habits geared towards the teaching day. You put it on your desk. You spend five minutes working on it before you go home. It is transformational. I promise you to get it. Go to gracestevens.com forward slash journal. Come on. How easy is that? Grace Stevens, Stevens with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N-S.com forward slash journal. You can get the six week version right now for free. 
my gift for you. It is well used, well loved by so many teachers, and I'm so happy to gift it to you. So go grab it right now. And even better than that, go tell a friend, share this episode with a friend, tell them to go get their own version of the journal, have an accountability buddy. That's when the magic will happen. is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.